book, man. This whole album is like, um, it's a soundtrack of like multiple generations. It's a massive. Yeah, this shit <laughs> yeah, is really is. sick. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking punk rock, Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, I, <laughs> really yeah I would agree with that. That is an awesome way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we are here with Chris Darty of Gangrene. Hey. From Worm. And gangrene. Give us your names, boys. The Jobber Thrash. Jobber Thrash, you pancake eater. Johnny Boy. I'm El Nick. Tapatio. El Tapatio, too. Yes. And I'm Nick. Yes. Fuck yeah. So this is gangrene, right? This is, uh, this is the current formation of gangrene, yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And, uh, well, let's, uh, I'd like to give thanks to Mike right now, Thanks for pulling this all together, brother. You got thanks, Mike. Yeah, dude. Big worm. <laughs> and uh, you guys, uh, Chris, you guys have a European tour coming up. Yeah, we're still preparing for, for it and, and you know doing a lot of rehearsing. But the first show is August third. We'll be over there for a month, playing like I think five festivals were booked in already, and any dates in between, we'll be doing club shows. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike Mike comes over every Wednesday night for for a guitar lesson. But last night, what we did is we you know worked out the, the set list. You know, like the festival list, which is going to be shorter than the headlining list. You know, and kind of separated the two. But if we do the festival list and they and they want to hear more, we get plenty of left left over. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. How how's it been going with you, Mike? How's how's learning all the gangrene songs? Good, good. I have the best teacher in the world. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah, like I would say, know it, I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, man. And there's always cold beer. All right. Brian, <laughs> we have reverb. We have reverb on Mike's vocals. What colors? He's green. All right, I took your god away. All right, you got the god boys gone. <laughs> Let's just say this almost didn't happen. We just had a ton of fucking technical difficulties. We almost did not have a gangrene. So let's let's thank Bry guy. Let's give it up for Bry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, just, and just to add to that, your your first like twenty seconds were muted. They yeah. were muted. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. You what, know for what? Now, this I've only got one arm that works. If I had two, I would have been clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No worries, dude. Yeah, so you had a stroke not that long ago. Well, it was, it was, it was a while ago. A couple of years? No. Uh, I'm into the fifth year of recovery now. Oh, wow. Holy shit. So 2018. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I can't keep up with time anymore, man. I, during that COVID thing, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm actually wearing, like, you know, black dungarees tonight, but it's very rare I'm not wearing sweatpants. No shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, since it's whole thing, you know, you you locked in home. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, you're just fucking comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could wear sweatpants everywhere, man. They're comfy. <coughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I did hear about that uh, probably around the time when it happened. I just can't believe it was already five years ago. Yeah. That's fucking Well, wild. it was four years exactly on October 28th. Wow. And then... It happened, and I didn't know, like, what happened. So I laid on the floor. Happened happened on the 28th. I laid on the floor until the morning of Halloween, the 31st. Wow. And they say, like, the sooner you get to the hospital and get, you know, care, the better chance of recovery you have. 
fuck, man. Yeah. But you know what? I needed a, I needed a fucking break. I, you know, just got high and fucking drank. It would crawl over the fridge, fucking pound a beer in one sip, crawl back to the middle of, middle of the living room. My ex my ex wife found me. Wow. Uh, and she she came over. She was pounding on the door. I was like, some asshole's been banging on my door for last night. That that <laughs> she's like that asshole's me opening up. Wow, man. And then finally on, I think it was a Tuesday. The life squad kicked down my door and brought me downstairs. Put me in an ambulance. And this, this is a great part of the story. Well, I was glomming off my ex-wife's insurance because we still have the same name, and, and she had Blue Cross Blue Shield, but I got dumped from it like two weeks before I had the stroke. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So they, and at the time, I was living in Cincinnati, Ohio at the time. They took me to... University Hospital, which is where if you were African-American and got shot and didn't have insurance, they'd take you there. Wow. But, uh, so, I'm laying in this fucking hospital bed. I was there for a month. I'm laying in this hospital bed naked, my, you know, just completely naked. And I, that, hey, hey, hey. that place must have had, I, I don't know how many nurses, but it seemed like every two minutes there was a different one walking by me, right? And then a fucking, like, nursing school field trip came through with, like, 22... Nurses like just all walked by me, like Jesus Christ! I haven't seen naked by this many women since we toured with Social Distortion. (laughs) 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 Fuck man! Yeah. Then all right, that was the first hospital. Then they moved me to this other one. Was like a rehab place, and uh, they had a little thing like button you pushed, like to call the nurse. Yeah. And I'm just pounding away on that, like fucking hitting repeatedly, fucking, you know, 30 second fucking notes. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a very large, and to be politically correct, African American woman comes in. And uh, she's like, What you need? And I said, Oh, it's too late. I just shit the bed. <laughs> oh, no. <yeah. laughs> and then, like, two days later in the morning, I hit the button once in the fucking same late, like instantly she showed up, she came in. She's like, what you need? I said, well, someone put me on a bedpan, but it's a false alarm. She goes, who put you on a bedpan? I said, it was a nice nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. So where did you go from there? That's Cincinnati, Ohio? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I lived there for 20 years. No kidding. Yeah, my 21-year-old daughter still lives out there. She's just about to graduate from the University of Cincinnati. Nice. That's awesome, man. Mm. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, she's a good kid. I'm proud of her. That's awesome. She's what is she, uh, yeah, what's she doing there? Uh, yeah, she got a boyfriend she lives with, which I wasn't too cool on at first. But when I met him, I said, Leo, you're a good guy. I'm not going to have to kill you. And he's like, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's hard having girls, man. Uh, yeah, too. yeah, me too. Me too, man. It's uh, it's a whole different world. Right. <laughs> you tend to think like if you have boys, you know, it's uh, yeah, just you give them some advice, tell them not to knock anyone up. But when you have a girl, it, I, oh, I yeah. feel like it's a little more precious. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a son that acted like me, I'd fucking smack him. <laughs> you can't well, do that with the girl. That's that's what would happen if we had sons. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah if, if, I, if I had a boy, it would just be like a mini-me, you know? Oh, I'd be tempted to fight him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a selfish asshole, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky thing, Sticking man. Sticking his dick in anything that moves. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to quote Talladega Nights. <laughs> 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 there's, there's no smoking in here. It's okay, I'm a volunteer fireman. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if, I fucking love that dude. That movie. If you ain't first, you last. Yeah, if you ain't first, you last. <laughs> no, don't, don't listen to these fucking people like your teacher <laughs> who think they know everything. <laughs> that movie kills me, man. Yeah. Every, anytime it's on TV, I watch it. I'm I a professional race car driver and an amateur tattoo artist. <laughs> Dude, that whole movie fucking kills yeah, yeah. me, man. I, ta- I taped a kilo of cocaine to the bottom of your car. <laughs> and told the cops he... <laughs> it ends up being cereal. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is ridiculous. Wait, is, is this being recorded as part of the podcast? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we're, 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 we're recording Whoa. the fuck out of this. <laughs> Shout out Will Farrell. Yeah. He's coming on next week. Yeah, so. we, we're going to get him in here. I wish I knew the fucking guy that played his dad, though. The, I wish I knew. Oh, he's been name. a million fucking Yeah, movies. he's a great actor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's a great actor. He's been in a million, million fucking movies. He definitely has been in a million movies. Yeah. I, I like him in most of the roles yeah, yeah. I've seen him in, though. And he, he was in, like, Entourage, too, for a little bit. Oh, was he? Yeah. Did you like Entourage? Yeah. It was a pretty funny show. I watched it for the first couple seasons. Uh, who was it? It was kind okay. of a riot, actually. Was it Gary Cole? Yes, Gary Cole. Great. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> Dude, fucking Office Space, right? Wasn't he the guy in Office yeah. Space, yeah. the boss, right? Mm. Littman, yeah. Littman or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You got a problem with your GPS report. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay, don't you lay around the house all day watching TV? Dude, I would too if I could. You you have yeah. it made, man. You're living it up. You fucking, you were saying earlier, you've been uh, just, you know, chilling, watching TV, smoking yeah. weed, drinking, whatever. <laughs> whatever you want. Like, and like I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's hard work to find, but if you do, hold on to it. <laughs> oh, my God, I would embrace the shit out of that, man. <laughs> I, you know, when we were talking earlier, though, I was uh, talking to you about, like, 1982, when you guys came out with your first album. Uh-huh. And the, thing, the, the, the things leading up to that. Like, what, what were you doing before you dropped that album? What were you doing as a kid? Uh, I was an athlete. I was playing a freshman soccer at my high school. And then I, I quit that to, to, to devote time to the band. But I still did the same work after, every day after school. You know, when you're soccer, you're playing Division One, you practice every day. The band practiced every day. And we would play and play and play, play, fucking play. Because we wanted to be good. Want to be a good band? And Soccer is is a fucking discipline, man. That's like yeah. a that's a tough sport. It's the only real sport. People that don't pay attention to it don't understand what goes into it. So you took some of the worth work ethics from soccer and the discipline that you had, mm-hmm. and you put it into your band. Right. That's and, awesome. And Mike and Bill really had no problem with it. But I mean, you, know, you just imagine you're fucking fourteen years old. You start a band, you start doing shows, and then 
you're a freshman in high school, then you're a sophomore in high school, and you're playing gigs at nightclubs in Boston, getting home at 4 a.m. and having to go to school and fucking salute the flag and sing, say the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, one of the shows we did was down in uh, the Wilson Center in Washington, D.C., and SSD had been down there, but they, they drove in Al's van. We actually flew down and then <laughs> had like two boxes of Boston LA albums, right? Fucking years and years and years later, like 2017 or something like 2007, we were playing with Guar in, in Prague, right? And wow, that's a trip. Yeah, it, it was this fucking really cool club. We played there with the circuit the first time we went over. But uh, we were sharing this giant dressing room. You know, doing the intro. Hey, how you doing? Chris Darty. Hey, I'm Dave Berkey. I bought a copy of Boston Lay off you on the stairs of the Wilson Center in 1983. I was like, dude, wow. dude, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And you were being for real. Like, you, you actually yeah. recognized him? No. Were you fucking with him? I was fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a riot. But yeah, you probably had to do that a lot in your life. <laughs> but, but, but Berkey and I became like good friends. That's awesome. And he, he was like, you know, he went up to his bus and he said, I got this mixer that's really good. So he like drank that with whiskey. I mean, I fucking buried the guy. <laughs> I mean, he, he tried to keep up with me. It was just like that scene in, in Vacation where the, the dog is, like, pulled behind the car. <laughs> the, cop, cop, the cop comes up and he goes, poor little guy, tried to keep up with you for a mile or two. <laughs> <laughs> the new Vacation? No, the old one. Oh, the old the, the one. The ori- original. Oh, okay, that's yeah, good, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it is a, it's a fucking yeah. awesome. I actually like the new one, too. It's pretty funny, but, yeah, uh, nothing beats the old one. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Chevy Chase and they're dragging the dog behind the fucking... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and yeah. the cop comes up and he goes, poor little guy tried to keep him for a mile or two. <laughs> and that was Berkey. He tried to keep him for an hour or two. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he had to go on his bus and pass us before this set, right? And, <laughs> and, you know, if you've ever seen Guar, if you're familiar with him... Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. yeah We've yeah. actually wore some of their costumes. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're like this big fucking... You know, monster characters, right? Yeah. And, and they were out there, you know, probably 10 minutes as a set. I'm standing, like, on the side of the stage right next to the monitor board. Next to a giant alien penis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Direct, I mean, one foot outside the door of the dressing room where the beer was, right? And the guitar player comes up to me, like, in between songs. He's got this big fucking foam, teeth, scary, looks like fucking Jaws, you know? Yeah. And you'd never expect this. He's like... Hey Chris, it was a real pleasure playing with you this evening. He was like, oh, "Holy shit, yeah. that's awesome!" Uh, wow. And then then Berkey goes, "Chris Darty, what are you doing here? You're not in hell yet." <laughs> and, and, uh, and I got to squirt the like the it was like you know like you go to the amusement park and you squirt it and the, the balloon goes up and yeah, you squirt yeah. the yeah. Like monkey's mouth. But he had like you know blood in, on one side and jizz on the other, and there was like the crowd was of course it was fucking you know sold out. And I was just like, I like aim in on one guy and just fucking blast him. <laughs> With blood or jizz? Both. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's a Guar show right there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> 
So you fucking did that shit. Focused on the one guy and just made it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Or girl. <laughs> or girl, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. If she was wearing white. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I like your style, man. <laughs> man. So when you when you guys put out that first album, uh, I imagine uh, how old were you? Like fifteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you were you were living it at that time. You were like living what you were writing. Right. You don't hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we, we were just kids. And I was talking to Mike Dean, the original drummer, a couple weeks ago, who is living in Vegas now and you know has a family. He has a son that's goes to like University of Michigan playing hockey. And he's trying to, or he goes to a private like school in Michigan, but he's you know hoping to get go to a you know Division One college. And uh, but Mike was a fucking amazing drummer. I mean that shit was so fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm sitting I'm sitting at my mother's house one night right. The phone rings. It's like, Chris. I pick it up. Hey Chris, it's Brian Baker. Hey Brian, how you doing, man? You know my right? <laughs> he goes, uh, I need to get a phone number of Mike Dean. Well, I don't know. I joined up with Glenn Danzig and he wants him to play drums. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Glenn calls. Dude, you're like 15 at this point. Yeah. Mike, Mike was too. <laughs> and Glenn calls uh, Mike on like a Saturday. He says, hey, you know, I got bad I'm doing. We call Sam Hayne. I, I got uh, Brian Baker and Lyle Presser from Minor Threat playing, and I want you to play drums. And Mike said, Glenn, I really appreciate the offer, offer, and I would love to do it, but I'm joining the Marines on Monday. Wow. I'm leaving for boot camp in the Marines on Monday. Wow. So it's out around what, 1984? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> and then uh, you know we we played uh we get like opening slots for some good bands coming from out of town like I did some great shows when I was playing guitar with Jerry's kids but like Gang Green played with the Circle Jerks at the Channel one night and that was probably you know the school night like and it was a good it was a good crowd and they they dug us and afterwards I was like standing on that that dance floor kind of just wondering what to do and still like. Really, in the excitement of how great we were that night, Keith Morris comes. Keith Morris comes up to me. He goes, "Hey, kid, you guys are fucking great, man. You get a lot of talent." And, and to this day, Keith and I are just amazing friends. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, the first time we went to Europe, we were out touring America in the Jerks for tour. We kept crisscrossing, and you know, maybe two nights a week we do shows together. But it's we're bumping to bumping to each other and jumping the same bill. But the first time we went to Europe was the Jerks and Gang Green. And that was a fucking amazing tour. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Yeah, that's wild. What was some of the shit about that tour that's, like, memorable? I imagine uh, all of it, probably. Yeah, I imagine you <laughs> don't remember all <laughs> of it. Was there anything that stuck out? Was there anything that stuck out in a fucking yeah. tour like that? Yeah, the first night, the first show, right? We go out and do our set, and it was, you know, one of those clubs that, you know, capacity might be like 800, but there was probably 1,200 in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, just fucking jammed up against the stage. And Those sure. the best. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I love that. That that was awesome. And, uh, you know, Xander, the bass player, 
like like Keith like a, in like Beverly Hills Century City. He go, there she goes, three piece suit, Spanish pants, cowboy boots, and he put to Xander. And Xander wasn't wearing his cowboy boots that night. He was wearing fucking sneakers. <laughs> and then and then some like they hit just a little break and someone said, uh, tell a joke. And Keith goes. You want to hear a joke? Fucking look at a joke, and he points at Xander. <laughs> and then afterwards, like, I mean, Keith is smaller than me. He lived. He lived with me in Massachusetts for a while, and he had like a, you know, I pulled his clothes out of the laundry, and they were like student jeans. I mean, the guy's so fucking small. But uh, but Xander is screaming at him. I'm a fucking professional. And Keith just stood there like holding his fucking ground, like, you know. I'm not afraid of you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't then, you know, like going going through the red light district in, in Holland. It was like <laughs> in Holland. Yeah. In <laughs> Amsterdam. Like That's the, a different beast than the red uh, light district in Boston. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, hey, Keith, you going in? He's like, yeah, I might do some window shopping, you know. And, it, and it's and we we're all together, both bands and the crew on the same tour bus. So it was like anytime someone went into something like that, uh, you'd hear, you know, fucking 14 other guys outside screaming, hey, hey, don't come yet, you know, <laughs> get your money's worth. <laughs> do, you, do you have any favorite, like, European destinations? I mean, you've toured Europe a, right. a fucking handful of times. I mean, you know, like Germany, we've, we've always done really well there just because the amount of records we sold there. And they like beer drinking bands, and, we, you know, we kind of, <laughs> that's kind of our, our rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. But but I, I got Amsterdam is always just a fucking blast, you know? Yeah. And uh, last time I was there over in Europe, we played in Amsterdam. And then, like a week later, we were we were going somewhere. I don't know where it was, but we, you know, you see the signs on it. It was like Amsterdam, thirty-two kilometers. It's like fucking pull over, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So we, we're on the we're, we're on the same bus that we were a week earlier. But this, you know, we, we book a hotel, we pull up in front of the hotel, and the plate within like seconds, we were surrounded by drug dealers. It was like the Michael Jackson video. The you know, the knives are. And so I, you know, I get you know some drug drug of choices off them, and saved enough money to go sh- uh, window shopping in the red light district. Right. Nice. All right. So, but you know, we've been drinking the whole fucking ride on the bus to get there. So at this point, I am hammered. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I see this see this hot girl. She was like one window down from the black chick with a titch touching her knees. And so, and I got all these drugs in my pocket of my leather jacket, right? So I'm in there, like, really not concentrating on what I'm doing with her. I, you know, I'm drunk. Sure. I'm drunk and I want to get high, right? Yeah. So I finally, <laughs> finally finish my obligation, financial obligation with her. <laughs> and, and, of, and of course, they make you put on a condom, right? Which, you know, yeah, whatever. Right, so, so they... they she takes off the condom and like wipes me down with a paper towel, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so gracious, right? And then, <laughs> I, 
and there's a waste basket, basket right? Like one of those ones you step on the little thing and the, the lid opens up. Yeah. So she steps on the thing and the lid opens up and it's fucking filled right to the top of, <laughs> with condoms and paper towels. Paper towels, I'm like, oh, boy. that whole freshly uh, just had sex feeling went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you mind if I chop this out and do this hair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, actually there, was, there was one time we were over there, uh, our tour manager and our sound man, and I went in, went in on some, some uh, white pottery substance type of drug and they get these cigarette they get these cigarette machines over there that are about taller than I am or right about the same like you know five and a half feet tall and they, they put the lines on top and they're both close to six feet so they're like you know do it. no problem and, yeah right hand me the bill and they're like what the fuck man How you? you know I got climb up there like Spider-Man like <laughs> Make one of them get down on his fucking knees. Yeah. Stand on him. Please tell me you climbed one of them. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I figured it out. I'm very resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a riot. Give me man. ten fingers. <laughs> I don't. I. I never went to. I. God. I wish I remembered what part of Holland I was in. All I cared was that like the drugs were legal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild, man. I think that's the first time I ever smoked white widow. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we'd be on the bus just fucking partying all night after a show, driving to the next city. Yeah. And there was like a, a microphone on there, a tour manager there going, we're going to be crossing the border in a half hour. If you have anything illegal, get rid of it. Yeah. And it was just... Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. You know, we get the big the vents on the top of the bus, like throwing pipes off that. <laughs> Pipes and syringes and fucking anything that incriminating. Mm. <laughs> Did you ever get in any trouble at the border? Not in Europe. That's good. We got in trouble once when I was touring Europe. One of our dudes, like, we told him to ditch the pot and he fucking stuck it in his sock. And they had dogs and we were like, dude, why the fuck didn't you get rid of that? We ended up like spending uh, I don't know twenty four hours busting uh, our friend out of a German fucking what? lockdown. I mean, it's not like you can't find it anymore. What the fuck? Right, exactly. Yeah, just get rid of it. <laughs> and I mean, when you're touring like that too, you get you get shit thrown at you. Like people give you shit. Right. It's like it's replaceable, especially pot. Pods are very replaceable over there. <laughs> Hash too. Yeah. Transporting anything is fucking. You know, even around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, us growing, I, well, us dude, growing up, you couldn't drive around with an ounce. Yeah, sure, but especially when you're in a band, in a van, crossing a fucking checkpoint, like, your shit's getting searched. <laughs> yeah, that was a quick lesson learned, man. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys never had to deal with any arrests. That's good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or did you? Well, about I do have to say that the man at the uh, Canadian boy was with the rubber glove was very gentle. <laughs> the American continent um, police system probably have some stories about this one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. So when, when your first European tour, how old were you? 18. 18. Shit. Wow. Well, I graduated high school when I was 17. You graduated. Yeah. Hey, good on you, man. 
Fucking cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to graduating high school. Yeah, that's okay. my highest level of education. I fall short, so I, I uh, yeah, I envy you. That's all right. I, I, had this, I had this kid that worked for me, right? And he, uh, like, dropped up and took the GED. Yeah. And he goes, that was so fucking easy. The only thing I regret was that I didn't drop fucking leave in, like, sixth grade and take it there because I could have <laughs> passed it. <laughs> yeah, I get that, man. That makes sense. Well, you get the good enough diploma? Yeah. GED? I don't even have that, no, but I could take the test and pass it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went back to school to get my my full diploma a couple of times. Um, The first time I got offered a job in the film industry, and uh, I thought it was a a one-in-a-lifetime thing, so I was like, I'm going to go do that. Then I ended up back trying to get my diploma two years later, and I got another job of a similar thing. (laughs) So, I I, yeah, no, I never even got my good enough diploma. And I... uh, since then, it's been history. <laughs> Fuck. But I do regret it because I would have liked to gone into something into college. I would have liked to get my degree and go into something like psychology or something. But whatever. A, bo- a baloney degree? A baloney degree, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a BS and BS. You can just watch yeah. YouTube and learn all that shit now. Yeah, that's true. Without yeah. paying all that money and all that debt. For real. For real, man. <laughs> That's some shit you shouldn't learn off YouTube, though. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You're not like wrong. how to love. <laughs> you should not learn you how know. to love. <laughs> I mean, you can go a couple ways about that. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Hey, you know, you taught YouTube showed me how to change the oil filter on, on my 28. To do shit like that? Uh, on, my yeah. fun, on my Lincoln Town car. Shit, they should teach you in school. Yeah, <laughs> they should teach that. They don't teach many things in school no, that you don't. actually use in life. No, right? Fuck, man. Taxes and bills and shit. Yeah, why wouldn't they show you that? Why wouldn't they teach you that? They did one period. They want you to fail. They do. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, they want you kept in the system. <laughs> they want you to live by the bell. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. They're incentivized to make sure you come out of there <laughs> stupid. Chris, you they don't make a lot, though. <laughs> That's huh? true. You guys had, like, some skate punk stuff back in the day, too. Like, were you a skater? Yeah. Yeah? Motherfucker was on the cover of Thrasher. Yeah. You, oh, were you? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, someone pulled it up February 87. Brian, can you pull that up? February 87. Thrasher. My phone's dying. No shit. That's awesome, dude. Did you ever Did you ever skate with a dude with the last name Grabke? No. German name. He's uh he's our drummer's cousin. He was on the cover of uh, some eighties magazine. I don't know. I mean, I used to that's skate. awesome. I used to skate with Jake Phelps all the time. Yeah, well, like I, dude, I know, like growing up with skaters and playing punk rock music, you guys were like a part of that soundtrack. Yeah, and, and, you know, you have skate fucking punk songs. <laughs> that one. There you go. When did you start skating, dude? Uh, hey, can we see that on the computer? Can you pull that up on that? I so don't have it ready. Yeah, can you can you get it ready? <laughs> oh yeah. After what we fucking went through, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, not I get touching it. that. I get shit. it. Dude. I get it. I get it. Uh, how old were you when you started skating, man? Probably like 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of skateboard were you using then? <laughs> uh, shitty one. You know, I think I disassembled some roller skates and put them on a two by four. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
But then, you know, then it was sponsored by Santa, Santa Cruz when I was probably like 16, 17. Yeah, wow. And then Skull Skates made the, the gangrene skateboard. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I remember, like, Skull Skates, we, you know, we had a good working relationship with them. And uh, went to, <laughs> we, we went to their warehouse, which, you know, every time we were in California, we'd go there. And it was just like fucking Christmas, you know, like walk through all these rows and like, Pull out like skateboard keychains, hats, sweatpants, bags. I mean, fucking. I mean, it was like. It's like Christmas shopping. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like shopping people. But I, I was there with Keith Morris because he was just chilling with us. I mean, wow. When he was in Boston, we we hung out. When I was out there, we hung, we hung out. Yeah. And uh, we were just they were approaching us about doing a gangrene board, and they wanted to do a, a circus trick board too. And, and Keith pulled the. Uh, my skateboard was in the trunk of the rental car. Keith pulled the fucking uh, pulled his T-shirt off, which was like the circus jerk shirt, and stuck it onto the board. And and, and uh, the Scouts case guys were like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool." So they did gay green, circus jerk, some red hot chili peppers, all released all at the same time. Wow. We. What year was that? Eighty five, eighty six, eighty six. Wow, wow. And we dramatically outsold the other two. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, so they were making, like, chili peppers boards around then, too? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would imagine more people have actually were keen uh, to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Chili peppers weren't even really and then big then. We, we used to hang out with uh, Brian Ware, who at the time was, like, the, the editor of Thrasher. And then I think Jake took that job over. But Brian called our manager one time, and he goes, I'm going to make fucking Chris Darty a star. I'm going to put on the cover of Thrasher. I was like, all right, cool, man, thanks. Wow. Next round's on me. <laughs> That's Fuck a yeah. trip, man. That's fucking amazing. So did you uh, did you get a chance to, like, skate in different parts of, like, America? Or? All over, man. Like, you know, I mean, we would pull up to, like, you know, Austin, Texas, and, and these skaters would be, hey, where's Chris? Chris, hey, hey, man. You know, get out of the bay with my board. They, like, go to these kids' houses and skate their half-pipe-inch. They're Florida, Georgia. Uh, you know, all the time, man. You know, the kids would just come up and <coughs> show up early and say, hey, we're having a, a party. We got we get a half-pipe in a pool. You know, it's really like a pool party, cook out, fucking skate in the half-pipe. And, wow. and then having to go do the show. But <laughs> Wow. That's fantastic. What kind of skater were you? Were you, uh, were you uh, a ramp? Were you yeah. street? Well, all of it? Probably ramp, ramp back more then. More ramp, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. No shit. Vert's man. cool. Mm. Vert's cool as fuck. I never got to fuck with Vert, though. Yeah. What did you think about like the whole Peralta movement? Uh, what do you mean by mo- Peralta movement? Like just the whole like uh, Jamie Peralta like line of boards. and. Uh, I uh, I met Jay Adams one night. I was in wow. I was in a uh, Mission Beach. I mean, uh, what's, what's that fucking hippie place? Uh? In Cali. Yeah. Uh, it's uh uh, uh fuck. <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. Saying uh, like Ansbury. No, what is uh, it? What's it called? It's like the ground zero of like hippies over there. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah, you I, know, I, they got guys pumping, pumping weights like roller skating. And all Venice, oh, Venice, Venice, Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Yeah, Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Yep. 
Yeah. My, That's what I'm here for. Yeah, my buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Jobby. Dean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lived I, there, and, and we were out partying, and actually ran out of money. We knew this girl, Lisa, from Boston, that lived there. And uh, I was looking at him. You know, <laughs> you know so we, we, I mean, just kind of scrounged up like 20 more drugs to get 20 more bucks to get some more drugs. And we, you know, he's knocking on the door, and it's like Jay Adams was in there fucking tweaking out of his mind, smoking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, cooler than that, the first time we played Hollywood, the Cathay the Grand, right? It was gangrene with like the offspring and no effects opening for us. Yeah. I, w- I was going to, okay, yeah, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, but so so I'm, I'm just standing there, and fucking this dude with dredge comes skating in, like doing tail stops on the little thing on the bar and everything. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, hey, you Chris? I say, yeah, he goes, Tony Alvar. He's like, Tony. Fucking pleasure meeting you. I'm a big fan, you know? Wow. And he goes, yeah, I want to come down here and say, well, you're sticking around for the show. You want me to put your guest list? And he goes, no, they let me in here for free. He's like, but he just, just skating. I mean, like, he didn't walk. He just tic-tacs and tail stuff. No, j- like, just around the whole club. There was no... Cr- like, you would think he didn't, know, didn't even know how to walk. He just... <laughs> He was born with a skateboard. Right. Wow. That's wild. Did you, at that time, I mean, you were you were skating at the same time they were. Did you, were they any influence on you, or were you just kind of your own influence? I think it was more, more or less my own influence. Yeah. You know, being a part of a broken home and living a very bo- boring suburban life and found two other guys that, you know, felt the same way and, Started making music together. Yeah, sure. So like your your exposure, like the your band's music exposure, kind of like opened it up for you in the skate world too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Damn man, that's fucking awesome. That's <laughs> the dream. That is the dream right there, man. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, th- thanks for saying that, man. I've I've had a very good life, man. Yeah. Very proud of my accomplishments. Yeah, dude. All I, you know, it's it's crazy, man. When when I uh, when Mikey told me that he was gonna get you to come in here with us, I was like, dude, that guy is like the fucking soundtrack to like multiple generations of punk rockers. He <laughs> is. He is the hard rock life. Yeah, epitome. Man. Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, thank you for saying that. But we were playing somewhere in like Alabama. I think it was Huntsville, Alabama. My good friend of mine resides there. And this kid comes up and he goes. My grandfather told me about you guys. It's like that, that, that doesn't fucking help. That doesn't. Make <laughs> <me feel good. laughs> that really doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> it's a riot, though. <laughs> I know. You gotta laugh. Your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, man, how old are you? You're you're in mid fifties. My, you talking to me? Yeah. How old are you? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven, man. Fuck, you look younger than Brian. <laughs> you look younger than me. Well, you sucked a lot We're more dick than me. Yeah. <laughs> Brian loves the cock. Yeah, just yeah. saying. <laughs> I heard, heard semen aged you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're confused. <laughs> we're very confused. <laughs> nah, man, that's uh, that's crazy. I uh, that would be kind of a trip to have somebody's grandfather come in. Yeah. <laughs> no, just like, like little pumpkin. Little skated dude. Hey, my grandfather told me about you guys. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I mean, it's 
So you guys, you guys put out your first album in like '81 or two. Two. Or two. Yeah. Yeah, Boston, LA. Yeah, yeah. So like between then and now, I mean that's got to be like a blink, right? What? How long is that? Forty years? Something. Yeah. Don't ask me to do math, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I drummer Walt you say all the time. I nobody told me there would be any math. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, so like I mean, between then and now, I mean that that goes. I know, like my own life. I'm 38 years old. When I first started playing music, I was 14. Between then and now, it's like a blink. It's just All a right. blink. All right. It just happened so fast. But I mean, for me, it was like a real yeah, slow grind. We were what? either on the road or in the no. studio for fucking like 20 Quick. years. Yeah. Constantly nuts up. Sure, sure. And when you're out on the road, you're homesick. And when you when you're at home, you're road sick. You're road sick, yeah, totally, man. That's an interesting thing, right? <laughs> when you get home off doing a tour, you know, you you get homesick when you're on the yeah, like you said, you get homesick, you come home, and it feels good for a couple of days, but then you're like, right. fuck, where's the where's the action? Right, yeah. <laughs> Grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, right. man, yeah. I gotta fucking wait for this. You know, I, I spent like fucking three months. Hurry up and waiting. Yeah. I fucking hated my two years of that. Touring? No, I don't. I only went to Korea oh. for a fucking rotation. But bright guy was in the army. That was the worst. My job was mad cool, but the hurry up and wait was just like you know they make you do it. Sure. The whole time. Yeah. Did you guys ever go to Asia? I, I, no, not no. yet. Really? Not yet, no. Oh, you should. I mean, we're doing this Europe thing, then we're going to tackle, like, South America and Japan. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I know you guys are huge in Europe. <laughs> You're fucking huge. Uh, and but, I, but, you know, that, that that didn't come easy. I mean, we toured, we toured, we worked, we pounded it out. Yeah. You know, doing those fucking tours we do, you know, 42 shows in 40 days. Every, yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking grind, man. And you've been doing that for how many years? 35. God bless. Y'all ain't got <laughs> shit out there. Yeah, for real. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you've been through it. You've been through a few different lineup changes. Mm-hmm. And you fucking held the thing together. Right. But yeah. that says a lot about your band, man, and how much people love your music. Yeah, well, th- these guys these guys sitting behind me right now. Yeah. It's a the peanut gallery? Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> I, 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 I would call them the around. pancake gallery. The breakfast club. You know, the breakfast club. <laughs> I mean, because of my... Prince pancake, all uh, right? You know, stroke in my left side being paralyzed. I can't play guitar anymore. Yeah. But I've assembled an f- amazing band. Yeah, man. And, you know, I knew it. You know, I wanted to do something. I went, and I said... You know, Mike, why don't I just join your band and we'll call it Gangrene? And the big reason was Josh, because he's such an awesome drummer. And then he said, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the guitar playing drummer. He's a fantastic drummer. He's a monster. Man. Yeah, he is a he's monster. He's insane. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I want to get to you in a minute, Josh. I got questions for you, buddy. <gasps> Josh, you're next. <laughs> Uh, Don't keep get going, nervous. Chris. Keep going. Don't get you, nervous. You, you, I have to pee. <laughs> we're, we're elaborating here on the uh, the lineup, man. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, you know, Mike and I become friends, and he comes over every Wednesday to play guitars, and 
and I loved Worm. And then, you know, because he booked shows and he played my benefit. And they're an actual punk band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me and Chris really started hanging out. I put out a, a comp a couple of years ago for the C Note, which has Josh's band Crime Spree on it, Nick's band Fast Times. Fuck yeah, two Remember good that? bands, man. Two great bands. Yeah, I got King Green to, to get on it as well. Yeah. And me and Chris started hanging out a lot. And you've been going over his house and fucking going over material. How's that been going for you? Good. Excellent. Well, you know what? Yeah. I moved really close. The, Mike took me to this bar called Rafferty's in Marshfield. All right. And the and the manager was a gang green fan, and Mike had me sign his Another Waste Night album for him. Yeah. And uh, so when I moved to Marshfield, it was like, even with my fucked up left side being paralyzed, I could walk there. Fuck yeah. It took me like two weeks to become a regular. And then... <laughs> <laughs> And then a month to get banned. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a true story? And have you been yeah, back? Just to get banned? <laughs> yeah, we were, we played there the first night of our tour last year. We were going to do alcohol with Chris, but he had got banned the week before. So <laughs> I was talking to him to try I'm like, well, just let him come in for this one night before we leave. <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, originally started out is you can never come in here again to... You get a one month ban, and then I think we got it down to two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks later, I was in there getting fucking hammered again. Nice, nice, man. Well, Marshfield is lucky to have you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you know, it was lived, more of a timeout, really. We talking, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We were talking earlier about how I lived in Cincinnati for twenty years. Yeah. Uh, the Dropkick Murphys would come through town, and w- one time they came in and they were like tried to surprise me. Cause I was like hanging out on the side of the stage by the, the stage cooler. You know, they, they'd always have a cooler on stage with beers in it. So I'm like sitting on that fucking drink of beer. And uh, James hands me his guitar. And Kenny goes, Yeah, we got, you know, they're living legend, living in this town now. We're going to do, do one of his songs, Alcohol. So, so every time they came through town, I'd hang out, drink most of the beer, you know, maybe eat a little of the deli tray with leftover if I was hungry. but Get up, get up there and play alcohol with it. Fuck yeah. How'd that feel? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, how do you think it would feel? You, you got a band that you've influenced that's covering one of your songs. Yeah. And you get up there and play with them. I don't know how that feels. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't you guys do the Boston Invasion tour with them and <laughs> yeah. the, Doc Buster? Yeah, it was Doc Buster. Uh, Lost City Angels. Lost City Angels. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Yeah. I miss Lenny. <laughs> And you know what? It was like it started like October third or something like that. And my second wife was leaving me, and signed a lease and bought a new a condo. You know, she was moving out, out of our house and taking my kid with her and shit like that. And I begged her and begged her to stay. It's like, look, if you stay, I'm not going on this tour. And she left. So I'm like, fuck it. I went out there. I fucked everything I could. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. I get that. Yeah. I mean, fuck, man. Hey, exactly. Literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just fuck, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one no, that's heavy. That's heavy. I mean, that's a lot. To, that's a lot to like uh, digest. Right. Oh. Yeah. And my my second wife, I met because uh, 
She was actually roommates with Dave Tree. And really? Da- and Dave Tree in- introduced us. And she's the one that said, you know, don't, Chris, don't think I'm stupid. I know what goes on out there on the road. Don't get anyone pregnant. Don't bring home any diseases. In it. And I took that as, I go, fuck, whatever I want, whenever I want. As long yeah, as well, that's what that as is. As long as I wear a rubber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> I would have taken that the same way. <laughs> yeah. So, I, okay, green light, huh? <laughs> okay, lady. <laughs> Remember, you wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard to. It's uh, I don't know. Relationships are hard, and when things fail, you 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 do what you can to recover it because you care. But then you get a green light. <laughs> that helps you get over shit. Right. Kind of in one way. Hey, have any more of those Budweiser left? Yeah, I got you one right there. Hey, thank you. Hey, this is Chris Darty, and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. Do you do you have any um do you have any lineups of your band that were like a particularly great time? What about Glenn that? and Chuck? I'm sure <laughs> all of them are great times. Oh yeah, I mean, I had nothing but fun. Yeah. The original lineup, the, you know, the three young kids. That was, I mean, it was so innocent, mm. and we, we didn't know what we get into, and we got into it full speed ahead. Yeah. And then, you know, like once we got signed to Roadrunner Records, that whole period was. A lot of fun too. I can only imagine. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we used to, you know, doing kind of whatever we could afford recordings. This is hopping from Tang, right? Yeah. So you guys were assigned to Tang, and and you you yeah you got signed to Roadrunner. What well, what were the differences between the two, like in your career? The money. Yeah. Uh, Roadrunner, you know, threw us a, a ton of cash. Sure. Advance and oh boy, <laughs> and their uh, <coughs> European part of label. It was like being on a major label. I mean, those guys, they did everything for you. You know, press, publicity. Mm. You know, you couldn't. I mean, see, first time we were there, couldn't couldn't like on more than twelve hours. without having to do an interview with photos. You need a publicist. That really grew the grew the band over there. I mean, we we we, you know, we, did, we did well in Europe because we worked really hard and beat and just beat it and grinded away. Yeah, and, th- and those are great times. I mean, first time we went with Circle Jerks and Gangrene. Second time was DRI and Gangrene. Wow. And we judged the shows by how many ambulances had to show up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That DRI Gangrene. We were only four tonight, man. What a shitty show. Dude, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it was. I'm not. I'm no. I keep going. Am I heading you off? I don't want to head you off. I, I think. I, I think Fat Mike of No Effects talks about a show that he got hospitalized at. As you're talking about, like you judge them by the amount of ambulances. Right. Right. I think it was a DRI show. He talks about in one of his songs that he fucking split his head open and had to go to the hospital before DRI played. <laughs> And you guys played with no effects too, right? Yeah. Yeah, they gave you a shout out at. Uh, yeah, I heard they played Punk and Drublet. Punk and Drublet, yeah. yeah. In Brockton? And Worcester. No, in Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, okay. Right Cut, on. 
Chris's not a big fan of no sex. All right, yeah? <laughs> Can right. I ask? <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I think Gang Green is a better punk rock band than no affection. <laughs> yeah. Than no affection ever fucking dream of being. Sure. But, you know, I'm living in a fucking handicapped elderly housing project because I'm fucking disabled from the stroke. Yeah. And Fat Mike's, you know, making a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I don't know if you guys saw American Hardcore. Yep. Well, yeah, that's a great documentary, man. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. And at the end, we were talking about like Green Day, Blink-182, and those other bands. I was like, those motherfuckers are driving their tour buses on the highway that we paved. On the backs, yeah, of you. Yeah, right. for sure. So, yeah, that's fair. So that is uh, that's like the perception you have. That makes sense, man. I don't think enough of those dudes actually, like, give thanks. And uh, you deserve that. <laughs> but you know what, man? I'm going to hang out with these guys and go to punk rock shows. I know you're not saying that, but I'm know. saying that. Like, right, you well. deserve that. <laughs> you know, like, some company, like, you gangbang, yeah, yeah. Man, I fucking loved you guys. You were my favorite band of all time. I was like, yeah. dude, you know what? That means more to me that you say that than it'll ever fucking mean to you. You know, I always like really try to be humble and gracious and and Mm. appreciative. Yeah. That's how I started out. I was listening to Seven Seconds, fucking Gangrene. Yeah, man. Yeah, you guys were like the sound. You guys are the soundtrack of like multiple generations of punks. Skaters. Skaters. Yeah, Yeah, man. Drunks. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely yeah. drinking that. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Do you do you reflect that on that? Uh, I tried. I've tried to diversify over the years. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, got the skaters as fans. Now I got the drunks as fans. <laughs> <laughs> you got a big demographic, man. I know. Yeah, you guys reach everybody. Yeah, you can't even see the ceiling there. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. No, it's insane to think about that, man. Yeah, like and like. At any point in your life, if you were actually like when you're by yourself, just do you do you think about things like yeah, that right? ever? Yeah, been a few times I like, ran a fucking wooden bench in a jail cell. It's like uh, I shouldn't be here, but <laughs> I fucked up down here. Yeah, let, let me look back at all the other shit I've done in my life. Yeah, yeah. So in like moments of desperation, is when you think of shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, I you uh, I if I were you, I would think about that in the best moments too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Betzger, who was Jerry Skid's original drummer. Yeah, and then joined Gangrene. Uh, he replaced Walter Gustin, and then Walter Gustin replaced him. So you know, the drummers were bouncing back for for a little while, and now we got Josh, and he's he's just good as all of them. Josh is a fantastic drummer, man. Oh, he's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> uh, what they do. So what do you guys have lined up? Do you have any shows going before Europe? Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, do, are you guys playing the 11th? Uh, yeah. Playing 420 in Providence. Yeah. Me. Oh, nice. Nice, man. Yeah. yeah. 421 in Portland. <laughs> yeah. At I mean, Geno's. Nice. It's, it's that over there, yeah. 
the twenty second booked in Manchester. Manchester. That's Shaskeen. Oh, it's Shaskeen. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And then I we had that. we had the twenty first in Portland. Just gonna be up north, anyways. And I was like, we had the twenty first and twenty second booked. The fucking potheads in this band. We have to play on the twentieth. <laughs> and so, we, I mean, we called the Alchemy, and immediately they, you know, gave us whatever we wanted. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. I imagine you could uh, you could get whatever you want whenever you want it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for years, yeah, and now. But it's funny, days. man. There's, there's. fucking pretzels over there. They're Are they good? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, right on. Did they have like uh the like the uh, nougat and stuff in it? I wondered about that. It's good. Fuck yeah! Cool. Bye, <laughs> Jobber. Later, pancake eater. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually challenge you someday to pancake. Oh eating. shit! It's on the oh, table. Shit. It's on the this table. This is fucking serious, dude. It's on the They're table. Like this is no joke. No, I know. I'm He's scared. Gonna, he will eat me alive, <laughs> but I want to do it just for the hangout. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It definitely needs to be recorded. That's for yeah. Sure. All right. Fair enough. I'll go down in flames. I don't care. Yeah, I have no pride. I will. I will. Uh, are we still rolling? I have no pride to swallow. Oh yeah. Are we still rolling? We're here? always rolling. You fucking drummer, Chris, man. That guy can eat like a pound of pancakes and still look thin. But, but fuck him. But, but, and even before he does that, he'll play for three hours. Yeah, he's an animal. He is. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. I love you know. I mean, we had Mike Dean, Brian Besker, Walter, and this kid is like a combination of all three of them, but better than all. Yeah, three. he can do it all, for sure. Well, he's got all the right influences, right. man. Yeah. Take it at the next level. <laughs> He's a talented motherfucker, that guy. <laughs> Just can't keep him in a seat. Yeah, I can't keep him in a seat. <laughs> so you Got guys enough mics out for a pack of hyenas. Huh? Got enough mics out for a pack of hyenas. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of mics. <laughs> did you guys ever play with Rancid? I feel yeah. like you definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever like hang out with them? No, I don't like those guys. I don't like, don't like the band. I think they're fucking terrible. Fair enough. Shit, yeah. yeah. Music or personality or? Both. Both, okay. And the only thing I like less is Operation Ivy. Really? Yeah. All right, all right. Well, you know, dude, it's funny. Like, I grew up listening to all of that. All of you, like them, all of it. So it's interesting to hear your take on it. Just because I grew up listening to yeah. you, them, everybody. Yeah, I think Operation Ivy is kind of what got me into punk rock. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, they, they club, there's a club up there, like Gilman Street, where that whole scene was kind of based around. Yeah, right, right. Like Green Day and... Yep. Rancid, Operation yeah. Ivy, all of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gilman was huge. Yeah, we played there a couple times and. Really weren't received that well. Really? Well, because, you know, they're like fucking conservative Northern California hippies. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like the... Rowdy, thrashing drunks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) a little more like pretty boy punk, kind of. Well, I mean, like, you fucking grew up playing here in Boston. Like, the gritty punk rock fucking scene. Right. 
Yeah. What yeah. was your favorite? What was your favorite clubs to play here? I was just about to ask you. Uh, well, rat, rat, loved rat. Sure. Uh, channel. The channel, man. We did so many fucking great shows. Dude, there. my drummer's dad loves you guys and uh, talks about you guys playing the channel because he used to go to the channel shows all the time. Tell me your channel stories when right. you used to go see yeah. bands. There. Yeah, say tell us some all channel right. stories. So, <laughs> I mean, it was one summer. It was like 1985. They did like the best lineup coming through there, like. A lot of, you know, great English bands and European bands and, you know, top American, American bands. So Did you awesome. fucking animals? <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, you know, Springer and I were really good friends. I lived in Braintree. I would skateboard down to Braintree, uh, to Quincy, Quincy Center train station because it was close to my house in Braintree. Mm. Like, jump over a fence, take it down to Wollaston. The beach of beaches. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and walk up to Springer's house. And then, then we'd walk back down and, like, go through a hole in the fence there and sneak on again. Nice. Get off at South Station to go to the channel. And, you know, we timed our arrival, like, right when the they, the bands would be loading in. Just kind of, like, even, like, grab an amp, fucking bring it in, you know, put it down. Go all the way to the back of the club to the restroom, the men's room. Move, remove the ceiling towel, and some, sometimes <laughs> some, 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 there'd be like four or five of us sitting, sitting up there in this fucking two by six <laughs> for hours, hours. Are you kidding? No, not at all. <laughs> and we, you know, and we'd have some beer with us, so we had to piss really fucking bad, and our ass was just killing from sitting on the wood, right? <laughs> and like, We'd hear like people doing lines, getting blowjobs, everything right below us. Everything you wanted to right. do. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so then, as soon as the DJ started spinning music, we knew the doors were open, so we <laughs> climbed down. <laughs> and we were in. That's amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, That's fucking amazing. Yeah, I think there might have been like eight people up there in that X-Plate. Wow. Oh, shit. Wow, man. Yeah. We, we were punks. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I grew up on stories like that. And, you know, Springer and I to this day. Stories, st not me, but stories. Yeah. <laughs> and you and Springer? Yeah, I mean, to this day, he's still one of my best friends. Right on, bro. That's fantastic. Yeah. Sneaking through fucking ceiling tiles, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it doesn't get much more punk than that. <laughs> Maybe the original... Boston punks. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Hardcore high punks, yeah. Yeah. And there was one time, we were doing like an after, like an all-ages show there. And the fucking sink in the dressing room got, got smashed. And it was like kind of plastic, so it broke in half. And the dressing room, we moved the ceiling tiles and put it up there. And then like Walter was playing that night with the Elvis. And then... Gangrene was playing. They they wouldn't let Walter in the club until they paid for the sink. So we had to pay like one hundred seventy two dollars or something for a fucking plastic sink. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, then like four years later, Andy Osno, who was like one of the managers, there, comes up the wall and goes, "I finally found that fucking sink. It was up in the ceiling. How did you guys get it up there? How did you, how did you get it up there?" <laughs> but uh, Andy was a good guy and. Uh, we were all, we were standing up back of the channel waiting for a show to, you know to load in and all that and Andy shows up starts like yelling at us and he's wearing a UB40 shirt right and Walter goes 
Yeah, you'd be 40, you'd be 40 fucking pounds overweight, you fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be 40 pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking right. <laughs> What, what, some of the earlier like channel shows, do you have any like memorable ones that were stick you, out? You know what, man? It's really fucking cool. Like it comes back to me. Yeah. Like I'll be, I'll be in Mike's truck, you know, listening to Black Flag and, and you know, rise above. We got to rise above. And I remember, yeah. being, remember being in the fucking pit there. And go rise above. We got to rise at the above. channel. Yeah. Wow. Ah, oh, that's fantastic, man. The Ramones. Yeah, I don't know if I saw the Ramones there. We we played the living room with the Ramones a couple times. Nice. And what year? Eighty five, eighty six. Wow. And you know, I mean, it was always a great fucking show. Just like playing with the Circle Jerks would be a full house. And they were like Ramones. They really weren't sure. Their fans weren't sure which which way they were going. Like punk rock, hardcore, you know. But but they fit in all of it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love the Ramones. Mm-hmm. You do you do you really like them? Absolutely. I was I telling this earlier. I was talking to Mike Dean, the original drummer, a couple weeks ago, and I was saying, you know, the Ramones was such a huge influence on us. And there's only like two songs, like I got rabies and Kill a Commie, that uh, you know, close to would consider like being a. Influenced by their moms, just because, just because the time context. Yeah. We we were playing this uh, soccer stadium in Italy one time. Nice. And they were like, you know, some severe communists. Mm-hmm. And you know the promoter comes back and he goes, uh, you know, really appreciate if you guys don't don't play Killer Commie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, of course, we fucking opened with it. <laughs> How'd it go over? <laughs> It was a pit. Yeah, yeah, sure. <coughs> and then That's they played brilliant. on. There was, yeah. blood. there was a pit with blood. That's brilliant, man. Yeah. Dude, to, to like grow up playing with bands like that, um, knowing them, playing with them, having met them, does it does it hit you differently when you, when somebody passes like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they taught you from Murphy's Law when he died. Mm. I mean, that really fucking hit me hard. Sure. If that's what you're talking about, like those people dying. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Even somebody like Joey when he passed, like yeah. I'm not even anywhere near that generation, right. but I mean they were so influential. Yeah. You know, on on my own age that I was struck well, by. Well, my, Mike and myself went up to uh, New Hampshire to see Black Flag and TSOL. Nice. Yeah, John went to that. When too. was that? Yeah. Dickies were there too. Yeah, oh Dickies. wow! Yeah, wow. I fucking no love the Dickies, man. But, but I mean, Black Flag, Black Flag is a yeah. sk- help me, Dad, please. The skateboarder was Michael Valley. Mike Valley, yeah. Mike Valley, yeah, sure. What he was skating there? No, he was no, he, singing. He, he's a singer for Black Flag. Now. Oh, I heard that. Way yeah, and and dude, we, we were there, and I was hanging out with like the TSOL guys because we were way the fuck back, and just you know chilling with them, and then uh. Greg Ginn, yeah. Wow. Is it still falling? Oh, shit. No, uh, but... But they were, you know, like, all these people, like, eight people came back at once, like, all the TSOL and the other guys in Black Flag to get their picture taken with me as I'm sitting on the couch in the dressing room. Fuck 
Yeah. And I've been like having the best conversation with Greg Ginn I've had in 40 years I've known him. Yeah. But this guy sits down in front of me. He's like, hey, Mike, Mike, Mike. Hey, my name is Chris Darty. You're playing a band called Gangrene. And he just like looks up and like <laughs> totally fucking snubbed me. Really? Yeah. Snubbed you? Yeah. Wow. Is it possible that he just wasn't, was he intimidated? He might have been intimidated. <laughs> yeah. I would hope so. Fuck, man. <laughs> I don't know. I've met some pricky fucking band yeah. ma- band members. Yeah. I mean, fuck. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like hanging with Jack Grisham yeah. and uh, Greg and and Greg and I, we just, like, sat there and talked for, like, a fucking half hour. Hmm. I mean, just great conversation. When they were leaving, Jack, Jack is leaving and said, hey, Chris, great seeing you, man. You know, good luck with your recovery. I was like, yeah, thanks, dude. Greg Gens leaving, he goes, hey, Chris, it was great seeing you. He gives me this, like, giant hug. And he goes, hope I see you soon. I was like, yeah, you will. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome, man. It's like when you when you catch up from people from that era, and it, that's uh, got to be all that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're playing the Rebellion Fest over in, in the UK, and there was, you know, I just I was talking about those binoculars I got earlier. Like, oh, you told me about that? <laughs> yeah, those binoculars are fucking awesome. <laughs> yes. You gonna see tons of birds with those things? Did you receive them already? Did they? Yeah. You have them? Uh, yeah, they're at my house. Yeah, right on. <laughs> I love them. I went to two different bars that day wearing them. <laughs> yeah, I picked up bird watching. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we bit early for the foliage. Yeah. There's no birds in this bar, Chris. <laughs> I'm gonna still keep looking. No one is gonna look. somewhere. No one is gonna look through those lens other than you. <laughs> But, you know, over at the Rebellion Fest, I can imagine, like, walking around all day just saying hi to old friends of mine. I mean, like, DOA is playing. DSOL. DSOL, yeah. Yeah. Dickies. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you like the, uh, how about the Damned? The Damned, yeah. They just put a a single out. Yeah, I saw them over the summer. They're still doing it. Blondie's still doing it, too. Yeah. It's good. I mean, Blondie and the Jam seems like a weird kind of bill, but it was a fucking great show. Yeah. They had Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols playing bass. CBGBs. You guys played there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any memorable moments from CBGBs? Uh, you know, I think the first time I played there, I was like 16 years old when Jerry's kids were playing there. Yeah. Uh, you know, dro- driving down like the Cross Bron- Bronx Expressway and just seeing all these. We're doing like abandoned cars. Yep. <laughs> abandoned and stripped. You know, like like nowadays, I, I, you know, I would look at that like a fucking girl in the corner, like sucking dick for crack. Like, or it, wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't affect me whatsoever, you know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, when, you, when you're like that young, and you, you, yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary. Yeah, going that in. shit sticks out. Yeah, you're kind of scary going in there. Yeah. So even you going into shows back then, you felt a sense of intimidation, anxiety, adrenaline fucking coursing through your fucking little kid veins. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're about to step it up like on fucking CBGBs. That's 16, man. That's fucking insane. Yeah, that's wild, dude. That's wild. 
That's actually, it's funny you said that because that's like the memory I have of driving through the Bronx when I played with the New York hardcore band was like abandoned, burnt out cars on the side of the road. <laughs> I guess that hasn't changed much in fucking... Yeah, I, ran to, I went to the uh, Exploited and Cormac show at the Middle East. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, someone says, hey, Waddy, Chris Darby's here. He's like, you know, shake his hand, give him a big hug. He's like, Last time I saw you, I was buying speed at your house over in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm, I'm like sitting in my girlfriend's car, I'm drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette. And Harley comes up and I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? You know? And he goes, and then, then he like said, you know, the Boston scene was cool when like Gangrene and Jerry Skews came down, but when SSD, they just fucked everything up. Uh, I could see that. <laughs> That's pretty nuts. But we, I mean, we're sitting there shooting the shit and reconnecting. Hmm. And, uh, Gangrene plays CBGs. And we'd stand out front, and Holly say, you know, all these other bands came down, they just fucking dicks. Gangrene comes down, I was like, hey, let's go party. And I said, Holly, I was standing out front of CBGs, like, come on, dude, let's go get a couple beers. He's like, no, I'm starting a new band called the Chromags, we're going to be huge. Yeah. And he loved that story when I told it to him. <laughs> That's awesome. And Gestapo, Jimmy Gestapo, and I, you know, they, they, those guys are constantly on tour. And he's got a great band behind him now. And we, the same thing, we played at CB's, standing out front on the sidewalk, you know, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer. And, uh, and he's like, those fucking guys from Anth- Anthrax were in the pit the whole, night, whole show. And they're like, who's the fuck's Anthrax? And he goes, oh, it's a metal band, but. They play fast. And I was like, oh, no shit, you know. So Scott Scott and I be- became friends over the years. No shit. And two of the festivals were playing in Europe. They're headlining. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. So you're going to reconnect with <coughs> fucking Scotty and yeah. those dudes. That's awesome. You didn't play with them in SOD days, did you? No. No? No, but we were playing one time. And Jimmy, Jimmy Gustavo showed up with that. Who was the singer at SOD? At? I think... That big fucker. <laughs> yeah, Google it. Uh, <laughs> Billy Milano or something like that. The Milano Marsh, yeah. Yeah. And it was just a fucking melee. I mean, those guys probably took out like 20 punks. <laughs> I think one of them was on crutches or something. <laughs> Billy Milano, yeah, you were totally on. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, man. Where are you playing with uh where are you playing with Anthrax in Europe? Uh a few dates? Brutal yeah. Assault. Brutal Assault Fest. Alcatraz. No. Yeah. Wow. And uh Roger, Roger uh, Oh, are they? Nice. Yeah, Agnostic Front's playing too. Agnostic Front. Damn. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, some fucking godfathers of hardcore right there. Yeah, you know. I don't know if they deserve that title more than I do, but it looks like <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I got a friend, Ryan, that plays with uh, Slapshot. He's been playing with him for years. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did the radio show, and we did. We went on AAF with him for Chris's benefit show. Oh, fuck yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, Springer, Dave Tree. He's a rad dude. All right, so listen, listen this is the... Uh, American Hardcore was premiering in Boston, right? Mm. And myself, Curtis from Tang Records, Springer, 
and the guy from fucking Sony Pictures like drove up to FNX in a rental car, pounded pounded beers the whole way. We go on FNX and do like morning radio interview. <laughs> you know, pumping the movie right, and then we go to NPR, the MIT radio station. Yeah. And, and then Emerson College over there too. Yeah. 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 And Springer and I like put hitting the doorbell, knocking on the door. I said, when the guy comes up, just apologize for being late. So the DJ opens the door and is like, hey, dude, sorry we're late. And just kind of bust right in. And he's like, you're late for what? Well, American Hardcore Springer tonight. They told us to come down here to do an interview and, you know, pump the movie a little bit. He's like, Jesus Christ, no one sends me a fucking email around here. I don't know, it tells me. <laughs> And Springer and I took over the radio station. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no one ever told me these animals are just going to kick <laughs> in my door. <laughs> That's great. And they had like this, this library of all these albums in there. And we were partying pretty hard the night before. So I'm standing like kind of looking at albums. And one of the guys at work said it looked a little more, even looked more important than the DJ. I go, well, the shotgun is fucking like, Right, April of fucking snot just hits the ground, like <laughs> right in front of the guy's face. Like, come on, man! <laughs> We've been up all night. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we get through that day, go to the movie theater, which was changed a couple times. You want to keep getting it bigger? See American Hardcore, and then Gangrene and the Freeze are playing the after party at Harper's Ferry. And then, uh, I, I can't mention any names, but I had this really f- cool Slitch beer shirt. I mean, it was like a sh- you know college short sleeve shirt. I mean, you button it and the labels lined up. It had like probably 30 label- Slitch labels on it. And I'm standing outside the dressing room, and this lady comes and she goes, I will give you a blowjob and an A4 for that shirt right now. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and the bass bass player at the time, Maddie said, and I was like, you know, he says, "Hey, can you sweeten the deal a little?" <laughs> <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Did the deal get sweetened? Is what I'm asking. I fucked her brains out. She ended up tapping out. I was slamming her so hard. <laughs> to hard rock life. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Lily Fuck crew. Motley Crue. There should have been a Gangrene movie. Yeah, yeah. is yeah, there? Working on is one there? Out. Yeah, there is. Yeah, the script is done, and uh, it was our original manager Alec Peters, who was there through all the stuff. Like it's like based on like the mid eighties, and uh, he finished the script a while ago. We were trying to find a director or, or an investor, or whatever. But I got a call from this guy called Michael Bryant, who I've since become great friends with. He lives in Detroit. I was like, how did you get involved in this? And he goes, well, I'm a working producer. I get scripts coming across my desk all day long. And I saw Another Wasted Night, the gangrene story. When I was 14 years old, I rode my skateboard down to the record store and bought that the first day it was released. I was like, all right, you're hired. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's in the works. Yep. Wow. So what kind of things are going into that right now? Like, are you, like, giving him footage or... 
interviews and well the thing is it's going to be filmed in Boston with all Boston extras and Boston crew and everything nice man is it going to be like shot like a documentary style no it's, it's more like a punk rock spinal tap Oh, there's yeah. gonna be actors playing you. Okay, there's yeah. gonna be little assholes playing yeah, you guys. Exactly, yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing, fucking amazing. Man. dude. It's gonna, I hope, it's gonna be ten million times better than Dirt. Yeah, that I sounds fucking, fucking I hated that movie. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dirt was like disappointing. Machine Gun Kelly's not involved. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you. He gets beat unless he's beaten in the beginning. Yeah, can he get murdered <laughs> with a machine gun? How ironic. <laughs> Dude, that's fantastic. Is there any kind of like uh, any projection of like when that's going to come out? Um, you know, I never thought $3 million would be so hard to fucking come by. Is it? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. And we're doing it. <laughs> and, and that's pretty low budget too. Yeah, I guess it would be nowadays. No Dude. shit. So Hi. you guys are still trying to like raise money for the budget to make it? Mm. But you have. I mean, we, we've been shopping it. Fuck. Then I get another another project I've been working on. It's called Eddie's Saloon. And this is going to be like the Simpsons fucking doing math and drinking beer. That uh, sounds great. Yeah, my my dad's name was Eddie. And, it's, you know, it's like one of those towny bars. I mean, we play street hockey in the parking lot. We have a softball team that plays against, you know, opposing bars. <laughs> And I'm the co-creator on it. And, I, and one day I was in, pulling into the stop and shop, and they get like, handicapped parking only, uh, you know, parking for pregnant mothers, expected mothers only. And I was like, dude, what we got to do in the back of Eddie's saloon is have like, parking for drug deals only. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, we can't do that. And I said, why not? Five minute parking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be yeah, right. Five minute part. They tell you it's five minutes, and then they it's like 20 minutes, and then they're like, oh, I'm five minutes away, and then it's like a half hour. Yo, you, <laughs> I fucking. No, that ain't a drug dealer then. Yeah, yeah. shitty drug dealer. Oh, well, you know, they, and right next to that, parking for doing drugs only. <laughs> That'll, that's a 20 minute spot. <laughs> yeah, the, parking for drug deals only. <laughs> It's 10. The bike for doing drugs is 20. <laughs> All right. I'll vote for you. <laughs> but but, but this, this is going to be fucking hilarious. We did, already did the... Uh, we did all the voiceovers. We did all the characters. Oh, that's awesome. And now it's being matched to the animation, but... <laughs> what are you going to release it on? I don't know. I mean, we're shopping it around now, too, but... Just give it to Netflix. They take everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they pay well, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. All I can think of is when I was a kid, drug deals were never on time. <laughs> it's like the Lou Reed song, You Always Gotta Wait. Ah, oh, no shit. Yeah, good call. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, the Rolling Stone song, I'm just waiting on a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a wait involved. <laughs> There's a song called The Wait. Is I love, I love by the band. Song. Yeah, Oh, that's called the wait. Yeah. Okay, I know that song. That's a good song. Look for a place where I could lay my head. I said, "Hey, Mister, can you help me? Tell me where man I find a baggie." 
This shook is gold. His, this is gold. Yeah. Shook his hand. No was all he said. Take a load off Andy. That was amazing. We're going to have to use that. <laughs> so when's your solo album Scary coming out? beautiful. Your solo cover album. <laughs> My solo album. Every fucking Gang, gang Green album has been a Chris Darty solo album. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, when is the last full-length album you put out? Like, uh, in the 2000s. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another Case of Brutality, which was... 07. 97, right? 08, yeah, 07. Yeah, yeah. No shit. And that... I mean, I recorded 11 songs before I had the stroke, and we were going to a split album with The Freeze. But Cliff has totally t- cock-blocked the whole thing, and it's just delayed it, delayed it, delayed it. Motherfucking clip. <laughs> yeah, as much as I love the guy, I mean, you know, Billy Close is not the guitar player. Is not only a great guitar player, but one of the nicest and funniest motherfucking people I've ever met in my whole life. <laughs> Billy is awesome. Is there a submarine in the building? There must be. That's an alarm. Where do you have to be? Whose alarm is that? Where are you going? It's not me. <laughs> not me. Not me. Who is it? It's you. Oh, no, it's me. <laughs> what? Is that like an Amber Alert? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm my missing. God, I'm missing. All right, my bad. His fucking bracelet goes off. <laughs> no. I think Kelly just put on the Find My Phone app. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm sitting at home one day just, you know, Watching TV, drinking beer, like trying to do something new and different, but that's pretty much what I do every day. And Curtis Casella from Tang Records calls me. I mean, not only has Tang put out Gangrene Records for years, but he and I are really, really, really good friends. He's like, dude, Johnny Knoxville was just in the store. And uh, he used to skate to alcohol all the time, and he didn't want to put it in one of their movies. He's like, yeah, so what's the problem? no, I told him it was cost ten thousand dollars. I said, "All right, there is no problem." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got my portion of it, but bought another Lincoln. I bought a Lincoln LS, which used to be my nickname. That's a shop car. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, love it. I had one of those. Had a uh, Jaguar engine and transmission in it. I think flew, but. Uh, I had to wait around a while to get the check, which is, you know, you're dealing with the record industry. You can't expect to get something done right away. No, I can't imagine. (laughs) Especially Hollywood. Yeah. Jackass, who's Dick, that's Dick House Productions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you got it? Yeah. They gave it to you? Uh Huh? Fuck yeah. (laughs) Those motherfuckers. <laughs> Sucks because they don't leave you a contact. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Chris, have you worked on any movies? Or like... A, uh, 
Nah, well, I got the gaming one coming up that I've been part of the whole yeah uh, creator of it. It's pretty much a story about me, but I've had that song in Jackass, and I had another song in a movie called Assassins with Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas. Right on. All right. Yeah. yeah. And that was actually in Julianna Moore. Yeah. All right. Well, Who paid better, them or Jackass? It was both ten grand. Oh, nice. Oof. That's a good paycheck. Yeah. But in the in the Assassins movie, Julianna Moore is like driving this Mustang convertible, white Mustang, and listen to my song and like playing drums on the steering wheel, and it shows Sylvester Stallone like in a elevated railroad track above her, and he's running. Every time I showed him, the, the volume would go down. I showed her, it would go up. Finally, he gets down from there, gets to the car, and he goes, I hate this music, and he shuts it off. <laughs> <laughs> Stallone does? Yeah. That's I bet great. he liked yeah, it I'm in not real into life, this. I bet he liked it in real life. <laughs> you guys never bit that and put it on the beginning of a song? No. That would have been great. I hate this music. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. With everything that you have coming up now, like what's some of the stuff that you look most forward to? Uh, taking this band to Europe. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I it's going to be a blast. <laughs> this group of guys, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're in some good hands. Maybe uh, dangerous hands. <laughs> that sounds like amazing. No, that would yeah. be amazing, man. I mean, Nick was the last piece of the band to be put in, and I couldn't be happier, man. Kids plays fucking great. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Chris. It's Nick, good. and you're you're doing uh, bass. Yeah, yeah, playing bass. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I, as we talked about earlier, I, you know, played guitar with Fast Times, but um, yeah, Steve vs. Volcano. Yeah, Steve vs. Volcano. Exactly. Fuck yeah, man. But uh, I've been, you know, people need a bass player, so I'm just gonna <laughs> been playing. Bass you're gonna shred the bass. Yeah, yeah. Why Fuck not? yeah. So I'm uh, playing with uh, Deadlow. Is my Nervous Eaters. I I played with Nervous Eaters for a few years. Yeah. Nice, nice. But um, you know that I was up till that. probably um, I want to say, like end of 2019, beginning of 2020, right before COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and then I left. I stopped playing with them. Um, but then it's just kind of been a thing now. <laughs> I'm just playing bass. I'm gonna fill in with a crime spree, I think, on bass for a little while too. Fuck yeah. So yeah. Oh, the revilers too. Revilers, yeah, yeah. See, kind of, kind of been playing Europe. bass, I guess, like mostly the last you know five years or so, I guess. You ever been overseas? <laughs> no. You looking no, forward I'm to excited. Europe, dude? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's gonna Got be wild. To get the passport on the way. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, get, yeah. Get that oh, shit yeah. together. <laughs> you will. No, you know, gotta get all but, that. Yeah, shit I mean, the kid, sh- the kid showed up the first night of rehearsal. I had like 14 songs down from begin to end. Nice, yeah. man. Nice. You can play. It's fucking solid. Dude, I don't oh, know yeah. if they still have the same place, but when I had to get my passport to go to Europe, there was like this fucking underground like bodega type of place like across the street from where you would have to submit your passport. And like they pretty much like took me in a back room, took my picture, and it was I got my passport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty much what I went through. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, they said like, you know, six to eight weeks or something, nice. if they accept it. But then you have to send away your birth certificate. And I'm just like, my yeah, birth. That, Wait, that whole part. I actually, I now. left. I left, and then I got home, and I was like, I don't have my birth certificate. Like, where is it? And I was confused. <laughs> I didn't realize that they take that shit, and they, yeah. you know, they send it off, and then yeah. they accept it or not, you get it back. 
I guess. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you do. We'll see. You will. <laughs> and you're playing guitar? Yeah. And have you ever been overseas yet? No, I haven't. I'm fucking stoked. Right on. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even feel real yet, so. Mm. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for you, Yeah, dude. to be a part of this is fucking yeah, you great. Know, I mean, we've been on this so many times, and it was always like, you know, don't get your hopes up and get excited until you actually have that airline ticket in your hand. Sure, right. sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, like the anticipation on something like that, I mean, you almost have to like separate yourself from it. It feels like that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like playing a show, like even in your hometown. It's like we're gonna play right. a show here, but like the anticipation, you just want it. You just want to snap your fingers and be on the stage. Exactly. Like, yeah. The build up, like fuck all of, that. You know, a bit of a roller coaster, <laughs> but you gotta like put in the work to make sure that you know that you're good when you get there and all that. So you know, mm-hmm. and you're riding with fucking royalty. And you're just going, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. And you're gonna be drumming, you fucking pancake monster. <laughs> yep. Crushing it as always. Yeah, my first time overseas too. Fuck yeah, man. No, that's dope as hell. <coughs> you guys are gonna have a blast. Fuck. Uh, Mike, you going over there? Yeah. You're going. Playing yeah. guitar. You're playing second guitar. Rhythm guitar. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. <coughs> I mean this lineup is so fucking awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that uh, you guys are going to sound as good as you ever have. I, I will put my fucking money on that. Yeah, this shit, is, this shit has been so fun, uh, yeah. playing with all these guys. It, I mean, and playing with Chris, it's like it's an, it's an honor, man. Yeah. I mean, you hear all these stories and all the, all the shit he's done and accomplished. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, you can't even really wrap yeah, your mind so, around it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, so. <laughs> I'm, That's I'm what makes you a legend, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I tend to say that it's that stuff like that that makes me a legend. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there talks of you all um, recording any releases? Yeah, actually, we're trying to do, get in the studio real quick right now and get something done before we go to Europe. You know, it's, it's got to be tight, but you know, recording, getting impressed and releasing for the tour. And and I have a, a box set that just came out in January, and it's all the uh, Roadrunner CDs. Ah, hell yeah! Yeah, that's fucking odd. That came out in January. Yeah, I mean you can buy it on released on like Amazon on January thirteenth, but now it's officially released. Hell yeah, man! Gangrene box set, guys. Yeah, yeah, get that shit. <laughs> that's well, fucking well, dope, man. That's awesome. And you're actually going back to the recording studio now. You're keeping it alive, man. You're still doing it. Yeah. Fuck, dude. It's timeless, man. It is timeless. timeless. Like, yeah, the, the more you do it, like, it's just going to only stay relevant. Yeah. <laughs> That's the cool thing about you guys, man. Chris, you guys will always be relevant in yeah. no matter what. Like, you put out shit now, that will stay relevant. Like, but, you know what I mean? You're in the ethos, man. Since I was 14 years old and started this band, you know, the only thing that brought me joy is just playing my guitar. I loved it. Yeah, it's therapy, right? Right. And with it, having this stroke and not being able to play guitar again. Yeah. It's, you know, it sucks, but I've assembled these guys and I couldn't be happier. I mean, I just love, like, doing po- coming here and doing a podcast. Yeah. Going to rehearsals. I love when Mike comes over every Wednesday and I show him songs. Yeah. And the best part about it is that he actually will go home and practice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Dude, Mike is one of the hardest working yeah. dudes on the punk yeah. rock scene. Yeah, that yeah. is. There, that he there is. is. Yeah. Top notch bandmate. Hell Fuck yeah, yeah man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, I, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, man, you couldn't get enough credit. Like, you, you really are. You're one of the most hardest, if not the hardest working fucking punk rocker in Boston. Yeah, you know? Man. It's wild, dude. It's good, man. Stay hungry. Stay passionate, man. You gotta stay hungry. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, it's For great. pancakes. Man, like, back in, back in, like, the mid-80s, gangrene was all over, like, shameless self-promotion. You could not drive through a, t- a, a toll booth on a turnpike and not see a gangrene. <laughs> you, you guys had brilliant promotions. <laughs> well, you know, one I was really proud of what we did is we uh, went to like a thrift shop, bought all these winter jackets. And then we had the, the gangrene, like Budweiser t shirts. Yeah. Sewn <laughs> on the back of them. Hell yeah. And gave them off the bombs. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's awesome. Yeah, walking billboard. No shit. Nice. Fuck yeah, dude. That's like that's like doing uh like uh two things like you're you're clothing them and right. uh, advertising. Yeah, you know, it's showing you have a heart, but you're yeah. also fucking greedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the baby step to bum fights. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, I mean, we we used to practice on BRS on Albany Street. And if you cross Mass Ave, going the other way from the space, there was a Blanchard's Liquors. Mm-hmm. And me and my buddy Sean were in his car. So this, this guy walking the street with a, a brown paper bag. Fucking bottle fell at the bottom and smashed. And he's, the look on the guy's face was like, oh, yeah, we felt so fucking bad. Devastated. Oh, we felt so bad for him. So we just bought a 12-pack of, like, Bud Bottles. Nice. Like, pull up, pull up. Hey, man, sorry. <laughs> you know, fucking hitting him up the window. Fuck yeah, man. Did you drink with him? No. <laughs> you hooked him up, though. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be hard to see. Good for you. Good on you, man. Yeah. When, it, when I lived in the Midwest, like, every fucking exit and every corner, there'd be somebody holding the fucking piece of cardboard saying, like, homeless, have children need to eat, you know, fucking... Yeah. Uh, Iraqi vets, like, some shit, you know, like, people just fucking stand there, like... Looking for a handout, and I was going through this drive-through liquor store. And this guy holding the sign says, "Why lie? I need a beer." <laughs> yeah, I'll give that guy twenty bucks. Hell yeah, dude! I'd hook that dude up. Oh yeah, honesty, <laughs> man. Absolutely, I was. I was Go as far. I was my Lincoln Mark Eight, rolled down the passenger window. Oh, that's a nice car. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, the only car I ever had that outlasted long. Nice. Yeah, Mark Eights are nice. <laughs> I love that. I love the fucking seating. It's like a cockpit. Like when you sit, it's yeah. like a cockpit. And plus, it was so fast, too, man. Yeah, they're ballsy as hell. I mean, I think it's like 37, 138. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. That's sick. Are you listening to the Misfits while you're going 138? <laughs> <laughs> On 138, baby. <laughs> no, getting back to the white lie, I need a beer. So yeah, yeah. I fucking rolled down the passenger window and it. I put a 12-pack in the passenger seat and put the seatbelt on so it like, wouldn't go flying. Sure. So, like, you know, pull over the top of the... Help yourself. Nice, man. He must have been more than happy. Oh, he was fucking thrilled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and every time he saw that one Lincoln going by, he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do it again? I think 
Probably gave him like 10 bucks or some more time. Or <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. Fucking A, man. What was your favorite club around here, Chris? I'd have to say the rat. Yeah. And I used to say, man, if someone wanted to assassinate me, all they had to do was go in the upstairs the rat any night during the week because I'd be sitting in there. <laughs> uh, one time I was I was sitting there. <laughs> if anyone wanted to assassinate me, Bond where to go. The uh, I was sitting in there with my friend Darren Hill, who uh, played with the Red Rockers. The Red Rockets? Red <laughs> Rockers, and then moved moved to Boston and started a couple other bands up here. But we were sitting there just, you know, drinking a beer. Alcohol comes on the jukebox, and it's like 20 punks fucking sing along every word to the song. <laughs> and I just look at them and go, they have no idea who I am, do it, do they? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no. That's got to be a trip, man. Sometimes yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Ve- very enthusiastically fucking sing Yeah, how does it make you feel just to see, like, all? how does it make you feel to see the reactions of just multiple generations of your music over the years? Uh, really proud and happy. You know what I mean? How, how, how could you not, like, yeah. just like that? I was, I go out to San Diego every October to hang out with Curtis Cassell from Tang Records. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I, I was out there one year, and we went to see our friends, the antagonizers, on Friday night. And, you know, people go, you know, like, dudes are coming. I saw you there, like, every, with fear, you know, like, rattle off every show I've ever played in San Diego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, all wow. right, can I take a picture with you? Sure, for a shot of Jägermeister. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I do sometimes exploit my fame. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the next time we go see the Dickies and the Queers, and this fucking dude comes up to me and he goes, Hey, you're the guy from Gangrene? I said, Yeah. He looks at his girlfriend and goes, I fucking told you. <laughs> he goes, You, Gangrene, my favorite band of all time. You know, my friends love you fucking guys. I was like, Hey, you know, you find yourself in a very unique, not everyday situation. He goes, What's that? I said, Well, tomorrow you cannot tell all your friends that are Gangrene fans. You ran to the guy from Gangrene, you gave him all your cocaine and bought him beers all night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he says, I don't have any coke, but I'll buy you beers all night. Hey. <laughs> Take That's it, right? fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then that was Saturday. Then Sunday, we go see the Dropkick Murphys and... Uh, Rancid? Yeah, Rancid. At fucking Petco Field, like where the San Diego party play. I was in like 10 feet inside the gate. This guy comes like, hey, Chris, are you? Yeah, hey, James told me you were coming... coming Tonight, uh, and the guy his name is Rhino. He used to work for Thrasher. Still might, but mm. we, were, we were pounding these like you know, king size Budweiser cans, like the twenty four ounce cans. <laughs> and Migs, who works at Tang, had sent me a picture of this guy. He had like a Levi's vest, like jacket cut off with a vest with the gangrene on the like ga- he sold the gangrene shirt on the back of it. And I went to that guy, and I was like, time of the show, I was like, hey, you like Gangrene? He goes, yeah. I go, my name's Chris Starr. He's like, yeah, sure you are. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then some other guy comes and goes, hey, fucking Chris Darty from Gangrene. <laughs> so, so I had moved back here, and I was with a friend of mine, and we were just going out drinking, and I said, you know, I go to California, and it's like, you know, you Chris Darty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I come back here, and someone says, are you Chris Darty? I go, 
Immediately they fucking <laughs> you know, put the defense up. The yeah. paparazzi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so we go to this bar in Quincy, walk in there, didn't even order a drink it, and this guy goes, hey, you're Chris Dardy. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, that's going to get weird. Yeah. Fuck. So, like, the further away from home you are, like, the easier it is to probably deal with something like that. <laughs> Maybe. The wrong people might be looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that, right? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that could get a... That, yeah. Yeah, well, well, this, this... You seem good about it, though. Yeah, I mean, this might entertain you. You know, I told you I spent three months in the hospital with a stroke. Yeah. And when I left, I owed $509,000 in medical bills. My God. Jesus Christ. Right, so, I, you know, I'm sitting around the house. Someone would call and say, is Christopher there? And first of all, first of all I knew they weren't a friend. They, you know, <laughs> call him. I was like, uh, uh, who's calling? This is, you know... Denise from whatever, like Blue Cross or whatever, whatever the fuck. Hold on, let me see if I can find him. Wait, wait, wait a minute, are you pregnant or does he owe you money? <laughs> she said no. Like, wait a minute, he just pulled in the driveway. He's coming upstairs down with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, Chris, telephone. That. Then I do. How is Chris? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Boom. Hang on. <laughs> Shit, man. Trying to get money. Yeah. Always, always. Well, actually, one, one, one lady, I said, are you pregnant? Or did you have your money? She goes, I'm actually from the collections department at, you know, whatever hospital. Oh, God. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm glad they did their job enough that you're here. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Man, Mikey threw the, the charity concert. Did you? I didn't throw it. Oh, who threw that? Uh, Sean McNally. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Sean, awesome. Mc, Sean McNally, my old manager, Alec Peters, and my current manager, Dean Jackson, put that whole thing together. Dude, you have so much love, man. I know. Yeah. And then that's what I felt that night. Yeah. That benefit, man, it was just like, there was so much love in the room. But the most annoying fucking thing about it, it was, it was like, it was like Scrooged or... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was the ghost of sluts I had fucked pa- past. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, I, it wouldn't be more than a minute and a half when some girl would come up and go, Chris, and they look at her like, who the fuck is it? And, and what do you say? Oh, boy, you really let yourself go since I fucked <laughs> 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 we it's we, so good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of you. <laughs> uh, we, we just we just played at the Paradise, uh, where that benefit was, with the Lemonheads. And I was talking on stage, I was like, you know, we had the benefit here, and uh, you know, this place hosts a thousand people. I think there were like 200 punk rock fans, and the rest of that thousand were the women I slept with in the city. <laughs> That's kind of a brutal, like, reality for a lot of women, though. Like, my fiancé says all the time, like, we're lucky as guys because we age, like, somewhat gracefully. Women don't age as gracefully. Uh, I never really thought about it, but she's right. <laughs> she's kind of right. Guys, we got it. We, we got it. We got it pretty good when it comes to the aging thing. <laughs> you got it great, man. You look awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was telling a chick last night, I said, 
You know, my left side's paralyzed. My brain still works. My dick still works. Fuck yeah, dude. And it's like, yeah, what, what else you need? <laughs> dude, it's kind of it's cool. It's cool to hear you bring up like uh, being on like Tang and then and crossing over to Roadrunner. What were what were some of like the what were the high moments between Tang and Roadrunner? Like, was there there must have been a big difference, but I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, Roadrunner. Brought us over to Europe and they, they really on top of it over there. Sure. And gave us tour support, which paid for our flights and the bus and everything. So we ended up making a lot of money. But you must have had an amazing time on Tang. Oh, yeah. Where you guys, well, you guys must have been one of the first bands signed to Tang, no? Yeah. Tang, well, the, the, the uh, sold out single is Tang One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's wild, man. Like I said earlier, Curtis and I. Inseparable friends. I mean, like, best friends. Yeah. Yeah, you guys keep in touch even now. Mm -hmm. That's fucking phenomenal. How did he feel when, like, the whole thing with Roadrunner went down? Probably pretty good, because I think they, they paid him to let us out of our contract with him. Oh, okay, yeah. So, okay. So he was happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fucking dynamite. It was your overall experience with Roadrunner being like a bigger label, was it a good experience overall? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they paid for videos. We did the uh, Born to Rock and We'll Give It To You video in the same weekend. And it was a, uh, we built like a stage at a hockey rink in Concord. Wow. Which our original, original manager, Alec Peters, was from there. And they had two bricks and then one one side of the place had ice and the other side didn't. And so he like built this big stage and had PA lights, everything in there. Wow. And huh. you know, like halfway through the second day of the shoot, fucking power blew. Power went out. And so we were in this hockey rink with two nuts. And I had a, I had a soccer ball in, in our van. So we get but the thing was, we had all the skaters in town, troublemaker skaters we knew, like, they were on the set. So we got a keg of beer and did a like, massive cookout. So we're cooking out, drinking beer, and then we decided to play indoor soccer with a bunch of shit-faced fucking <laughs> skaters and, you know, label people and shit like that. That sounds amazing. Oh, it was a blast. Wow. Our manager actually broke his elbow. <laughs> and then, then the next day we showed up on the set and, you know, half the people there could barely, including the band, could barely fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's fucking sick. <laughs> so do you remain a, like a soccer fan, like even today? I, I, don't wa I don't watch it that much, no. No? What was your favorite kind of soccer? Like Euro or United States? Like, did you ever get into it as like a spectator? no. no. Yeah, just playing. Just being athletically gifted. Um, That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, like, I, I wasn't athletically gifted or musically gifted. And I hate people who are because I fucking work my ass off to, be, to become good. I don't know, man. You were like a pro skater. <laughs> That's pretty athletic. <laughs> thank you enough for coming on tonight I, uh, I uh, am truly honored we both are Brian and yeah, I are thank very you, happy thank you guys yeah, no, thank you yeah Mike thanks for hooking this up dude thank you and, uh, I you know like, you guys, like I told you earlier you know someone appreciates the music I made and what, I, what I've done 
I always say it will, that means more to me than it will ever mean to you. Believe me. Fuck it. And to, and to be great. here with, with these guys, my new band behind me. Yeah. And they are fucking great. I yeah. mean, Josh is an amazing drummer. Mike is just an amazing friend, if not my best friend here in Massachusetts. And John can play the shit out of a guitar. Nick is a, one of the most solid bass players I've ever played with. Fuck yeah, dude. You guys are going to crush Arab, man. Nah, I don't, if you guys want, if you can come back when you come back from Europe, I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to do it, yeah. Awesome, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been a great pleasure, man. Oh, no, thanks, thanks for having us. All guys. you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank thanks you. for coming thanks in. Thanks for hosting. Yeah, yeah no, Thank you. Thank yeah. you both. It's a hard rock life.